glad to be here this morning? Come on, how many glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Man, it's good to see everyone here. Everyone's everyone here with a bright, shiny, big smile on their face. Uh, we want to congratulate Darcy. Where's Darcy at? Is Darcy in here? She's in the class. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna congratulate her anyway. She retired this week, and uh, she is she she's working. She was working at a school, and yesterday she was wearing a shirt that said "School's out not for summer. School's out forever." All right, forever. And another one that can say that. Where's John at? John, where's John? John graduated from high school. He was on the worship team this morning. He's here somewhere. John graduated from high school this week. School's out forever for him too. Come on, give him a big round of applause. And we're so happy for these guys. Amen. Just wanted to kind of let you know, fill you in on what's going on. In two weeks, uh, we're going to be having our, excuse me, in three weeks, we're going to be having baptism on the 4th of July. So the 4th of July happens to fall on a Sunday, and uh, so we are going to be celebrating the 4th, freedom. We're going to be selling, celebrating that with others that are getting baptized for the very first time. And so if you are here, you desire water baptism, there is there is something set up right there in the lobby. Mark, right over here, Mark, wave your hand nice and high. Everybody can see this is Mark. If you desire water baptism, you have not been baptized since you've given your life to Christ, that's the man you need to talk to. We'll get you all set up. Baptism Sunday is a fantastic Sunday. It's one of those special services that we celebrate right in the middle of our worship service. We just celebrate with those that are being water baptized, and, and it makes it even more special, the fact that it's on the 4th of July. It's a holiday you'll never forget, and uh, so we're looking forward to that. Um, if that's something you desire, talk to Mark. Also, next week, anybody know what next week is? Next week is Father's Day. Father's Day, come on. We're gonna come together, we're gonna celebrate all of our fathers. There's gonna be a special photo op. We're gonna be raffling off a barbecue grill for some, some lucky dad. Uh, there's gonna be a photo op in the back. We're gonna have a fantastic, fun time celebrating our dads and also giving glory to our Heavenly Father, amen. We in the house, it's gonna be a great time. That's next Sunday. I do wanna let everyone know that there's gonna be an outreach here. We're gonna meet here at the church on Thursday night at 7 p.m. If you want to, if you want to go and hit the streets right here around our church, there's a group of guys that are going to be going to be doing that. Starting uh, going to be this Thursday at 7 p.m. Going to meet right here in front of the church. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to release our children to their classrooms this morning. And I do want to tell you, all the kids, you have a new teacher in the Orange Grove. It's Danny Ely and his wife. And they're going to be they're going to be teaching along with Abby right over here. And there's another Abby. So. Great Sunday school teacher. We have the best, the best children's volunteers in the entire world, and we're grateful for each and every one of them. Are you grateful for our children's ministry workers? Come on, let's give them a big round of applause. Amen. All right, so this morning, we're going to be concluding our series that we've been in over the last month or so, uh, the series we've been talking about the values of Elevate Ministries. This is something we try to go through every year. We want everyone that, that comes to our church to be very familiar with what makes us go, what makes Elevate, Elevate. And, and as we've been talking about our value, values, and what we've said is that they're valuable. They're, they're, the, they're the foundational beliefs that we, that we hold dear, and, and really the journey of our church has kind of come to the conclusion that these are the things that keep us moving toward our vision, to keep us mo moving towards what we believe is the will of God for our church and for our lives as individuals, amen. And so what we've done is we've talked about, uh, over the past month, we've talked about our mission, 
that our mission as a church is to, is to change our world one person at a time. How many, how many can, get, can get down with that? To change our world one person at a time. And our vision to accomplish that is that each one of us reach one. And each one of us teach one. And each one of us unleash one. That's, that's the way that we do that. It's not, it's not by one person and, and some very gifted people that, are, that, are, that are, are making a difference in the world. It's that each one of us, we participate in what God's called us to do. Say amen to that. And so the values, the, the belief structure, the foundational things that allow us to, to operate in the vision and to fulfill our mission are, are separated into four very distinct categories, and we've talked about each of those during this series. The first, first category is our priority. Somebody say priority. Priority. And our priority here at Elevate is that Jesus is front and center. He is, he is the most important person in the building because we believe that a moment spent with Jesus will provide a lifetime of change, and how many can agree that that's taken place in your life, amen? Along with Jesus, along with that priority comes, the, we believe that, uh, that we, we also prioritize his word, that the, the God's word is our blueprint. We, we, how many believe that God's word is our blueprint? That if we, that it's a lamp unto our feet, that it's the, it's the foundation that we build our lives on, it's the truth of God's word. So our priority is Jesus and his word. The following week we talked about our identity. We talked about our identity, and there's several, there's a couple of values in there, and we believe in empowerment. We value empowerment, and the way we describe that is that you are important in God's plan. So turn to your neighbor and say you. You, you are important in God's plan. Every, every person in here, we believe God has a, has a unique gifting in your life and a unique plan for your life, and we believe that all of us fit together as one. It's like all the groups come together. We fit together to complete the plan of God for our lives, and so we, we believe in empowerment. You are important in God's plan, and, and as a result of that, it only finds its way out in the context of community. And so we, we are unified, we, we value unity. We, the way we say that is we're together together, that we come together in person and on purpose. And that's why although we offer live stream and, we, and everyone that's online today, we love you and we're so glad that you're, you're joining with us this morning, but we value being in person. We value that, we value community, we value family. family. So, we, we, so our identity is that we are all important and we find that out in the context of other believers. Last week, we talked about our activity. What are we gonna engage in? What's gonna be our activity? Our activity is, is we, we value faith, that we have big dreams and we take small steps. How many know that God puts a dream in each and every one of, his, of our hearts in order to accomplish his purpose? And so we are people of faith, we have big dreams and we take small steps. And with that dream is, is, is a vision. Because when you, when you have a dream, you can now see it, all right? And so we have a vision, what we're trying to accomplish, and so we value focus. So if God's given us a picture of what, what, what the calling is for our lives, if he's given us that picture, how many know God's calling deserves our full attention? And so we're gonna focus. We're gonna focus on what God's called us to do, and we're gonna, we value movement. And the way we describe that is better is better than best. In other words, today's best is, 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 the, flo is, is the ceiling, but it's tomorrow's floor. The best can get better. How many believe that today? So better is better than best. So, so, so we're, we have big dreams, we take small steps, and we focus on the vision in front of us because God's calling deserves our full attention, and we're gonna keep get, get, 
keep improving every day in every way. We're, better is better than best, amen. So today, we're gonna, we're gonna finalize, we're gonna complete this series on, our, on what's valuable to us at Elevate Ministries, and we're gonna be talking about our responsibility. Turn to your neighbor and say, our responsibility. Our responsibility. And before I get into our responsibility, I wanna talk to you a little bit, because what can happen is, especially in church, what can happen is, is when you hear a message like this, you leave here thinking there's all these things that I need to do. Like I need to do this, what, what, what would you learn at church? Is, well I gotta do this and I, I gotta do that. I, I wanna say this before I preach this message is that there's a big difference between be and do. It's a big difference between be and do. And, and you can see that in God's word. The Bible talks about a rich young ruler. You've, you've, you've heard the story. A rich young ruler comes up to Jesus in Luke chapter 18 and he asks this question. He says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Now, I wanna say this. God didn't make you a human doing. He made you a human being. There's a difference between doing and being. You know what I'm talking about. So, so anything that we do, it has to flow out of who we are. It has to flow from our being. And so this rich, young ruler, he comes to Jesus and he knows something's missing. He knows there's something in his life that, that his life is, just seems kind of empty and, and he, it's missing like some heavenly value. And so in his mind, he thinks, well, I gotta do certain things in order to, to get the result I'm looking for. And that, but he was wrong. He was wrong in thinking that if I do this, well, then, then I'll get the result I'm looking for. Because in John chapter three, Jesus kind of explains and shows us what our responsibility is when he's talking to another ruler, a guy by the name of Nicodemus. And Jesus says to him in John 3, 7, he says, you must be born again. He didn't say you must do born again. There's a lot of Christians who go to church trying to do born again. But he didn't say you have to do born again. He says you must be born again. And so the difference between the rich young ruler and another ruler named Nicodemus is, 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 the, is the language One's saying, I gotta do this, it's the activity I gotta do. But the Bible is not full of do's, it's actually full of bees. It's full of bees. Be still and know that I am God. Be kind to one another. Be patient, be long-suffering. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be holy as I am holy. Be fruitful and multiply. See, there's a difference between doing and being. Doing is all external. Doing flows from, from the outside, but being, it comes from the inside. It comes from the internal. Being flows from inside of you, from who you are. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against all of those things, there is no law. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the result of that comes from the inside. You can be loving. You can be at peace, you can be joyful, you can be kind. All of these, these things, they flow from the inside out, not from the outside in. It's not from doing things. You don't, you don't get these, these things by doing stuff. That's not how it happens. It comes from the inside. Jesus doesn't say, do holy. That's not what he says. God says, you don't have to do. He says, you just have to be. You just have to be. See, the world is obsessed with doing. Doing all of these things. But God looks way beyond what you do because do is performance-based. When you're doing things, it's, it's how you're performing. But be, who you, be is character-based. It, it comes from the inside. Out of your being, 
This is what's gonna happen. Out of who you are, out of your being, you'll be surprised at what you're doing. That's what happens. Because, because all of a sudden, you're, you're able to be strong. You can be courageous. You can be holy. You can be free. You can be righteous. You can be still. It all comes from inside. And so when we're talking about our responsibility here at Elevate Ministries, I don't want you to be confused and leave here with a list of to-dos. That's not what this message is about. Because we're not trying to create a, a list that in order for you to be a part of this church, these are the things you have to do. That's not what we're doing here this morning. Your responsibility is not to do anything. Your responsibility is to be. It's to be. Out of the essence of your being will naturally begin to flow what you're doing. And so at the base of our responsibility, this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with this and we're gonna end with this. At the base of our responsibility is something that God said to Adam and Eve way back at the beginning in Genesis 1:28, and he looked at Adam and Eve and he said this. He says, be fruitful and multiply. If you multiply something, it, gets, it increases. Isn't that right? It, it increases. So when you're planted in the kingdom, each one of us, we've given our life to Christ. If, we, if, if, you've, if, you, if you're saved here today, you've given your life to Christ and in that, in that moment, you are planted in the kingdom. You've been planted in the house of God. And all of a sudden, as you are planted in the house of God, you, you begin to grow and you begin to flow in the purposes of God for your life. And you'll, you'll find as a result of just being planted in the house of God and, and using your life to fulfill the purposes of God, you'll find that automatically you'll begin to produce fruit. You'll just begin to, to produce fruit. And, 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 and as a result of being fruitful, all of a sudden you'll recognize you've got more fruit than you know what to do with. Because fruit multiplies. Seeds multiply. And you'll find yourself sharing in the overabundance, in the overflow of what, what's, what's come out of your life. You'll find yourself sharing that with other people. You know what I'm talking about. You can tell a tree by what it produces. You can see it by its fruit, all right? Apple trees don't do apples. And you're like, well, yeah, no. Apple trees don't get up in the morning and go, oh, you know what, you know what I really gotta do? I, got, I got really gotta make some apple trees. And no, no apple trees like, you know, and pops down an apple. That's, that's not what's going on. No, no apple tree is struggling to produce and pop out apples. It just does it. It's just a natural overflow that as it grows part of its DNA, that's just what it does. It, it begins to multiply and produce fruit, and those fruit, you can tell what it is by its fruit, apples. And this is the powerful part of our values. And let me try and break it down to you like this. Our values all produce our responsibility. Our responsibility flows from the rest of our values. And so because our priority is a relationship with Jesus and his word, and because our identity is found in releasing the giftings in the spirit of unity, and because our activity is the process of faith and focus and movement, naturally, there's fruit that comes from that. Are you with me today? Naturally, fruit comes from that, and we're responsible for the fruit that we produce. That's our responsibility, and so as we lean into the gospel, as we lean into our priority, it changes who we are. Our identity begins to take shape and, the way, and our value for other people begins to skyrocket. And as we activate our faith, our hopes and dreams begin to conceive a reality and all of a sudden there's fruit in my life and it's multiplying. Are you with me today? And so here's the, here's the thing you need to understand. The fruit of our ministry is not because there's a bunch of doers. 
It's not because there's a bunch of people doing stuff that were fruitful. That's not how this, this ministry has been built. Our goal and the responsibility of this church is not to produce a couple people that are fruitful. Our, our responsibility is for you to be fruitful. We want every person in this place to produce fruit. Fruit, fruitfulness. And the fruit of our ministry is, is, is really the fruit that comes out of your life. And we believe that. And so one of the ways that we are to be increasing in fruitfulness is in the first part of, the, of this category of, is, is we value honor. Somebody say honor. honor. I, I, I feel and I believe and we believe here at this church, we believe that we are meant to be people, be people of honor. And the way we say that here is that the golden rule is pure gold. It's very simple and everyone knows what that is. You know, the Bible talks about the disciples, okay? And, and they're arguing back and forth about greatness. They're arguing who's gonna be the greatest, who's gonna have the highest position, who's gonna sit next to Jesus in heaven. And, and so Jesus knows all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes, so he calls them all together. And he says, he says you know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. But it's not so with you. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great must be your servant, must be your servant. Whoever desires to be great must be, not do. He didn't say, if you wanna be great, you gotta do servanthood. That's not what he said. He says, whoever wants to be great must be your servant, all right? To, to be a servant is a pathway to greatness. These guys wanted to be great, and Jesus says the way you're great is by serving someone else. Are you with me today? Now, for, for me, I, I, the way I can describe this is, is we all have our favorite restaurants, cafes, all right, uh, hotels, different things, all right? And the reason we decide that they're great is, is, is not necessarily just because of the, the, the size of the room or the beauty of the room or not really, not really because of the, you know, the food that they're producing. The reason we like it is because of its service. It's service. There's a place down in the circle called Earth Cafe. Some of you love it. I don't like it at all. And the reason I don't like it is because when you go there, what you want is you want a pastry and a coffee, all right? You want a pastry and a coffee and you want them both at the exact same time. Because there's nothing better than taking a bite of a pastry and a sip of some coffee and conversating with friends. The problem with Earth Cafe is this. They give you your pastry and then they make you wait 30 minutes for your coffee. 30 minutes is, listen, I'm done with my pastry. If there's no coffee to kind of break it up, I'm done with my pastry in about 30 seconds. You know what I'm talking about? I need the coffee with the pastry to slow the whole thing down, all right? And so when they bring me their coffee 30 minutes after I finish my pastry, I've decided I'm not coming here anymore. And paying for your overpriced coffee, that's late. I'm not gonna do that anymore. You know what I'm talking about. And so, so there's something that what we consider great is service. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, whoever is great, whoever wants to be great must become your servant. And so on Sunday, what we value here is not how many people are in the room. That's not what we value. We don't value feeling every chair. What, we, don't, we don't measure success like that. We measure success by how many people we can serve. We value serving people. On a Sunday, how many people, our responsibility as a, as a representative of Christ is to serve people. That's what we're here to do. Our responsibility is to take the lower position and give preference to other people. 
Jesus modeled this literally in everything that he did. In John 5, he said this. He said, I'm telling you the truth. He says, the son, in other words, I, I can't do anything by myself. I only can do what I see the father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. What was Jesus doing in that moment? He was honoring God. He was saying all these things, you're trying to give me the glory, but the truth of the matter is, is God deserves the glory. I'm gonna give him the glory. Jesus took the lower position. Later on, he was with his disciples, and you guys know the story. He, he begins to, to disrobe, and he begins to take his robe off, and, and he has his disciples sit down, and, 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 he, and he says this, he says, he says I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wash the filth off your feet. I'm, I'm willing to disrobe, I'm willing to, 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 to to, to become flesh, this is, what, this is the picture of what Jesus did for us. I'm willing to lower myself, come, come as God in heaven, come as a man on earth. I'm, I'm willing to become flesh, and I'm willing to wash you. And he did that on the cross. This is a picture of that. And so Peter, Peter's upset about this. He's like, Jesus, you're my leader. I'm not gonna let you wash my feet. And, 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 Peter, and, and Jesus says, Peter, if you think that I'm above being able to wash the filth off your toes in an upper room somewhere, do you really think, if I can't do that now, do you think I'll really be able to take a beating and put the crown of thorns on my head and pick up a cross and wash away the sin of the entire world? You see, Jesus, in every, every way, he modeled honor. It didn't matter who it was. He modeled honor. And here's what we understand here at Elevate. We're never gonna graduate from serving. We're gonna, our responsibility is to, is to be fruitful and multiply honor and serve one another in humility. This is never ending. This is always increasing. This is reciprocating. The culture of the kingdom of God is honor. Can I hear somebody say amen? Amen. The second part of our value, our, our value structure of, of, of responsibility is generosity. And we just read in the Bible reading plan one of my favorite stories about King David. In the Old Testament, King David is, is actually buying a threshing floor. What's going on is there's a plague that's hit, hit, hit Israel, and, and, and the people are dying fast. It's just kind of sweeping through the nation, and we, and we, have, we have a little familiar, familiarity with, with this kind of in our own nation. But, but this plague is sweeping through the nation, and, and David's like, I, we got to stop this thing. And so he's trying to run ahead of the plague and, and, and plead, uh, plead on behalf of the people for God to stop this. And so the Bible says he's, he's running along and he, he gets to a place and where the plague has not reached and there's a guy named Aruna uh, who had a threshing floor and David gets this, 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 this umption. He says, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna provide a sacrifice to the Lord here and ask God for mercy. And so he goes to the owner of this threshing floor and, and, and this guy's blown away like the king is standing in front of him. I, like, can you imagine that? Like you're, you, you own this little small piece of property and the king shows up at your door and says, look, I need, I need that land. And so Aruna's like, look, you're the king. You can have it. You, you, can, you, can, you can just take it. Like it's my honor to be able to give you this piece of property. But the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 21 that King David, David replied to Aruna. He says, no, I insist. Somebody say Insist. I insist on paying the full price. I'm not gonna take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. What, what, was, what was inside of, of, of David is that he was honorable with his finances. He was generous. He was generous. He understood 
the value of a blessing from God, that, that what God's given us, that I'm, I'm, I'm able to be honorable by being generous with my finances. In Proverbs 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim, brim over with new wine. There's, there's something about generosity that releases something in your life. It, look what it says. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, and then your, your barns will be filled. There's something about generosity. We have a responsibility to be generous people. To be, here's, here's how we say that here. We, we value generosity, and the way we say that is we have an abundance mindset. We have an abundance mindset, so we freely contribute our time, our talent, and our treasure. We, we don't believe that, that God lacks anything, that there's, an, there's, there's a shortage in heaven somehow, and God's, God's running low of, on, on, on what he needs to pay, pay our bills. We, we, we have an abundance mindset. We believe that God has, has, he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the hills that the cattle are grazing on. We believe that. The Bible says in, in Luke 16, Jesus is speaking. He says, whoever can be trusted with a little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, Who's gonna trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who's gonna give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So, so here's, here's Jesus, he's, he's trying to outline for us this, 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 this value of generosity. He's saying the blessing that you desire, what you're seeking to accumulate in your life, it happens as a result of generosity. In another story, Jesus is talking, talking uh, uh, it's a parable of the talents. Many of you guys would recognize the story, but I'll try to just kind of abbreviate a little bit. But there's a specific man that was trusted with five talents. He was trusted with five talents, and, and so he invested it, and he, he worked a little bit at it, and the ruler came back and, and discovered that this man had taken five talents, and he turned it into 10 talents. In other, and so the ruler comes back, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now I'm going to make you a ruler. So first, I just gave you the responsibility to do what's right with these five talents, and because you were successful with the five talents, now I'm gonna make you a ruler. In other words, your present doesn't look anything, uh, your, your future doesn't look anything like your present. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you up, I'm gonna bless you. So this guy was faithful with just something small. He's faithful with just something little, and as a result, God gave him 10 cities. Now there's a big difference between having some talents or just a little bit of financial wealth. There's a difference between managing some money versus managing some cities. It doesn't seem like he would be skilled enough to manage cities. But God says, you were faithful with little, and now I'm gonna overwhelm you, I'm gonna give you the responsibility for much. It doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't make sense that he's managing talents, managing a little bit of finances. Now he's managing cities. It's a different game. It's a different beast. He went from a financial manager to now all of a sudden he's looking over entire regions and areas. And, and, and here's the thing. This is, what the, this is the, the principle you gotta understand. If you're faithful with a little, God will give you much. He'll, to whoever has, more will be given. Are, are you with me? God's not trying to hold back from you. You need to understand that. That's not God. God loves you. He wants to bless you. And the, and the key to blessing, the key to growth, the key to, to that is going to be your generosity. Because generosity produces multiplication. It's gonna multiply. Multiplication will be the result. So our responsibility is to be faithful and to be generous and then let God provide the much and he will do it. Somebody say amen. The third part of our value, when we're talking about responsibility, is we value evangelism. And the way we say that, we value reaching out. And so we make a decision that we're gonna stand, we're gonna stand out and we're gonna speak up. Come on, we're gonna stand out, we're gonna speak up. So I'll show you a story in the Bible, Paul and Silas. You guys would know the story, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They're on their way to pray at the temple. It's something that they would always do. This was, this was an ordinary thing for them, just to go to the temple and to pray. But they stood out, not by what they did, but by who they were. They just naturally, because of who they were in Christ, they naturally stood out. It wasn't what they were doing, it was who they were. All right, so we, we stand out. And so they're just, they're just on their way. They're walking to the place of prayer, something that was ordinary. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this fortune teller, this, this crazy lady, and she begins to, to prophesy and tell everyone who these guys were. And it was pretty impressive because she followed Paul and the rest of us, and the Bible says she was shouting. This is a demon-possessed lady. And she's shouting, these guys are men of God, of the, of the most high God, and they're telling you the way to be saved. And so here's this demon-possessed lady, and she's like yelling the truth to everyone. So I, I imagine the first time that she said this, Paul and Cyrus are like, yeah, that's right. Tell it again, you know, come on. These are men of God telling everybody how to be saved. And, and, so, and so you can just see Paul and Silas, they're like, you know, like, what's up, everyone, you know, as this lady's doing this. But here's what happened. This went on for days. Can you imagine being followed around by a demon-possessed lady, even if she's telling the truth? After a few days of this, this would get pretty annoying. And the Bible says that Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he spoke up. So we're gonna stand out, and now we're gonna speak up. And he said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Are you guys, are you guys okay? You're with me today. And so here's, here's the thing. We have a responsibility to reach people who are far from Christ. You don't get any further away from Christ than being demon-possessed, all right? And so, so here's Paul and Silas. They stand out, not by what they're doing, just by who they are. So they're just standing out. I think we have a responsibility to stand out. All right, and so we stand out where we, where we live, we stand out where we go to work, where we go to school. We should be standing out for the right reasons. We shouldn't be standing out by, 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 by our dances on TikTok. That's not how we, we should be standing out. There should be something other than that, right? There should be something on the inside. So, so, so we gotta stand out, and now what's gonna happen is, is, is here's, here's, here's Paul, he's, he says, you know what, it's time for me to speak up. So he speaks up, and, and all of a sudden, this woman gets delivered. Come on, somebody that was far from Christ has been set free. 
This is awesome. And as a result, guess what happens? The whole city's in an uproar. Everybody's going crazy. Everybody's upset. And Paul and Silas, uh, long story short, they, get, they end up getting thrown into jail. But that didn't change who they were. So, that, so that now they're in jail. They're, they're, they're bound by their feet and their hands. They're in the, in, the, in the inner circle of the jail. There's literally no way out for them. But it doesn't change who they are. They didn't complain. They didn't get upset. The Bible says they just began to sing and they began to praise the Lord. A violent earthquake shook. The, the chains that held them broke free. All the doors opened up. I mean, come on, this is just craziness. All of the, all of the, the, the inmates in the jail have heard the word of God. They've seen the testimony of God's power. The jailer comes running in. He's, he's like, oh my gosh, uh, uh, they're gone. He realizes his life is on the line. He begins to draw his sword because, because he, because he, he realizes he's going to kill himself. He's going to take his life because, because of these guys. And Paul and Silas say, hey, don't do it. Don't take your life. We're all still here. They begin to share. They begin to speak up. They begin to testify about the Lord. The jailer, all the inmates, and the jailer's family, they all end up getting saved. In the middle of the night, they're baptizing people. Come on. In the city, they're baptizing people. Listen, this is what happens when you, st when you stand out and you speak up. People's lives are changed. People's lives are changed because the gospel is good news. Come on, the gospel is good news. And so the last words of Jesus, which were to go into all the world and make disciples, the last words of Jesus, the Great Commission, is gonna be, the be on the forefront of our mind. It's, a, it's gonna be our a priority in what we do and who we are. We're gonna stand out and we're gonna speak up. Come on, we're gonna make a difference with our lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. So those are the three values that fall under the category of our responsibility, that we're going to be people of honor. We're going to honor. We're going to honor. We're going to increase in honor. We're going to serve others. Come on. I agree with that. We're going to be generous. We're going to be generous people. When people come to the house of the Lord, they're going to recognize this is a generous group of people, not afraid to, to, to share their time, their talent, and their treasure with others. And, and we're also going to be people that will stand out and speak up. We're going to reach people that are far from Christ. Now what I wanna do today is I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna end this message with a story that I think will wrap the whole thing up. Because we're called, our responsibility is to be fruitful. At the base of everything, our responsibility is to be fruitful. And there's an amazing story in the Bible of fruitfulness. And it's a miracle that Jesus did in all four gospels. It's the only miracle that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's the story of Jesus feeding the multitude. And I've shared this with you many times, but but there's a story, here's Jesus is teaching, and the Bible says that 5,000 men are in attendance along with their, their, their families. And so many people estimate that there were between 15,000 and 20,000 people in attendance. How many know that's a pretty big miracle crusade? And so Jesus is speaking to all of them, and, and uh, it's getting kind of late, and people are hungry. And sometimes I notice if we start getting, getting a little late in the service, people start squirming a little bit, looking at their clocks. What's really happening is, is they're thinking, I want to go to lunch. Adam, please stop talking. I'm hungry right now. And so this is what's going on. Jesus is speaking, and he's noticing that people are hungry. So Jesus goes to his disciples and says, hey, what are we going to do, man? We've got to feed all of these people. And the di disciples are like, Jesus, we got nothing. We got nothing to work with here. There's no, no, nobody, we didn't bring any food. We didn't know you were gonna talk this long, Jesus. Like, come on, I think the best thing we should do is send the people home. That's what the disciples said. But Jesus said, Jesus said well, what, what do we have? And one of the disciples said, well, I've, I've looked around, I've, I, I, you know, amongst these 15, 20,000 people, and all we have is, is five loaves of bread and two fish. 
And in Luke 9, 16, the Bible says this, that Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them the disciples to set before the multitude. And you know the end of the story, that every person ate in that place until they were full and they had leftovers. It's an amazing miracle recorded in all four gospels. And, and what I think is I think you really can begin to see the value of our responsibility at work in this story. Because when Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he's looking out at 20,000 people, he knows that what he has in front of him is insufficient to meet the need that's before him. He recognized this, this is, is not enough. What I have, the resources I have are insufficient. And I think probably there's, there's a few of us that are here this morning and, and you're, you're, the, you're the same way. You, you're looking at the need, you're looking at what's in front of you, and then you're looking at your resources and inside you're saying, I don't have what it takes to do what I need to do. This is exactly what Jesus, this, that Jesus is, is looking at, that the vision that God's placed in front of him, the 20,000 people in front of him is greater than the resources that he has with him. Are you with me today? And so, so the disciples said, look, there's no way we can meet the need with what we have. Let's dismiss the crowd. And Jesus says, no, we don't need to dismiss the crowd. In other words, Jesus is saying, we're not gonna lower the vision. Are you with me today? We're not lowering, I don't need to lower the bar to make it easier for God, all right? God, God doesn't need my help to make the problem smaller. God's good with problems. How many know that? Like God's, God's good with problems. God's fine, he can handle problems. He's okay with that. So, so Jesus, he says, all right guys, this is what we're gonna do. I want you to seat the people in groups of 50s. So the disciples begin to get to work and then Jesus goes to work and this is what I want you to, to, to understand, what, you, what I want you to see. He does several things. The first thing that Jesus does, the Bible says that looking up, the first thing he does is he looked up. He didn't look down at what was insufficient in front of him. He, he didn't look out at the problem. Instead, he looked up to heaven. Let me tell you where breakthrough comes from. It doesn't come by looking down at, your, at what's insufficient or looking out at the problem. All breakthrough in your life comes from looking up. And Jesus modeled this in front of everyone. He looked up. Let me tell you something. All of us need to understand that we can't, if we look at our problem, we look at what's in front of us, let me tell you something. We're, we're always gonna have insufficient needs. The vision's always greater than what you have with you. And so we don't look at that, we look up to heaven. We look up to where our help comes from. Let me tell you something, every person in this room that's had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ, it didn't happen by looking at your problems. It didn't happen by looking, looking down at all of, the, all of the, uh, what's insufficient in your life and all of the lack that you have. It doesn't happen that way. Breakthrough happens when you look up. You look, I'm not looking at what someone did or what somebody didn't do. I'm not looking at what, I, what, what, some, what happened to me or what hasn't happened to me. Instead, I came to the house of the Lord. I heard a word from God. That word caused me to look up and I've experienced breakthrough in my life. Until your vision changes, nothing changes. And so we, we have to learn to look up. In Acts chapter three, it's a great story. The Bible says that Peter and John, they're going to the temple in the hour of prayer, something that they normally did. A certain man who from birth was paralyzed. He could not walk, are you with me today? He, the Bible says that every single day he was laying at the gate and he was begging. The only way he would survive is, is by somebody giving a little bit, a little bit to him. Here's the thing, Jesus would have walked past this guy many times. 
He's been there since birth, many years. He's a man now. So Jesus would have walked by this guy numerous times and, and, and it begs us the question, well, why didn't Jesus heal him then? Like Jesus healed everybody. Why in the world didn't he heal this guy? Well, I think it's because Jesus planned to. Because Jesus recognized, hey, in just a little while, I'm gonna tell the disciples, go in an upper room and wait for, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And this guy is gonna be a great opportunity for them to realize how much power that they have. So Jesus was planning to heal this guy. He was just gonna use them to do it. Are you with me today? And so, so here's Peter and John, they're going by, and what they're seeing is this same guy that's been there every single day, and he looks like this. His head is down, his cup is up. He's begging, his head is down, and his cup is up. And so Peter and John, they go to him, and the Bible says that Peter says, look at us. In order for him to look at us, where does he have to look? He has to look up. And when he looked up, the Bible says, he looked up expecting to receive something from them. Here's what happens. When you look up, so your expectations go up. Are you, are you with me today? So the man's laying on the ground hoping to get a few coins. He's sitting there with his head down and his cup up. And Peter recognized nothing's going to change in this guy's life until he gets an upward look. And that's why the greatest thing that can happen to you in the house of God is to get an upward look. It's, it's to learn, don't look down at what you don't have. Don't look out at how big your problem, our problem is. Look to God and how awesome he is and how able he is. Your God is a healing God. Somebody shout amen. Your God's an empowering God. He's a God of blessing. He's a God of favor. He's a God of increase. Look up. So Jesus looked up, the next thing he did was he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Listen, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. God lives in a gated community and the access code, doo -doo 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 -doo, the access code to get into gates of God is thanksgiving. Let me, let, me, let me hear you say amen. And so when we learn to become grateful, grateful people are happy people. So looking up to heaven, and giving thanks, the third thing Jesus did is he blessed. Somebody say blessed. blessed. He blessed, he didn't curse, he blessed. See, a lot of us, we look at what we have and we curse it. We look at what we have, our job, our finances, our, our situation, and we curse it. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't look at the five loaves and the two fish and think, oh my God, what in the world do they expect me to do with this? I can't. How am I supposed to feed 20,000 people with five loaves? How in the world? Why didn't, these people came to hear me speak and didn't even bring a snack. What were they thinking? Come on, that, Jesus didn't curse what he had in front of him. The Bible says he blessed it. The word blessed in the original Greek language is eulageo, eulageo. Eulageo is where we get the word eulogy. And so if you've ever been to a funeral, they will eulogize the person. The eulogy is the opportunity in the funeral to speak well of the guy. So, so to, to eulogio means to speak well of. Jesus blessed, he, he eulogized what was in front of him. He spoke well of the five loaves and two fish. As insufficient as they were, Jesus still blessed them. And so that's why, that's why they call it the, the uh, eulogy at a funeral because the guy could have been an absolute jerk but the guy that's gonna do the eulogy is gonna say, oh, he was such a great man. He, he helped little, little old ladies across the street. If he's still alive today, he'd have a puppy farm. I mean, he was a really great guy. But that's what a eulogy is. 
It's speaking well of, it's blessing someone. Maybe not, they don't even deserve it. How many of those five fish and two loaves were insufficient, but Jesus still blessed them? And so you can look at your situation, your job. Your, listen, listen, if you curse, you're gonna get stuck there. You can be thankful for what God's done in your life and still curse your circumstance. I'm saying speak blessing. God, thank you for this job. Lord, I thank you for what you've given me. I thank you for what you've done in my life. Lord, I'm gonna bless, I'm gonna bless my boss. I'm gonna bless this job. I'm gonna speak blessing on this company. As this company prospers, so will I. I'm gonna bless. Listen, don't get stuck cursing what, what, what God wants you to bless. Somebody say amen. Romans 4, 17 says that God calls things that aren't as though they are. How many know we gotta take on that same posture? Come on, we gotta speak things that are not as though they are, as if, as if God's already done it. The Bible says, let the poor say, I am rich. I'm gonna bless my, I'm, listen, I may be poor, but I'm not, I'm not gonna tell anybody that. I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. Come on, are you with me today? Begin to say, by his stripes, I am healed, all right? Begin to say, I am the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed coming out. I'm above only and not beneath. Come on, begin to bless, begin to bless in your life. So he looked up, he gave thanks, he blessed, and here's where I wanna land today. On number four, we'll have the worship team come. Is, is what he, what, what's the fourth thing Jesus did is he broke it took the five loaves and the two fish, he broke it and he distributed it. Get this picture in your head, okay? First Jesus received it, he received the five loaves and the two fish, then he distributed it. He received it and then he distributed, first he received and then he transmitted it. Now, over the course of 36 years of this church, I've seen a lot of people come into this church and give their hearts to Christ and serve the Lord. Check, check. Serve the Lord for a season. And then something happens, you know, along the way. And you'll hear somebody say, you know, I'm leaving the church. I'm leaving the church. And they don't ever tell us or the pastors why they're leaving, but tell everybody else. And usually this is kind of the base of where it comes from. Oh, I'm just not getting fed anymore. And meanwhile, they've got like, this massive study Bible like under their arm. Like if it fell out of their car, it caused like a massive wreck on the freeway, so huge. But, but inside they're like, you know, I'm just, I'm, just not, I'm just not getting fed anymore. Now, I wanna, I wanna preface this part by saying this. There are certain things that you absolutely have to receive. You have to be fed, okay? Certain things you absolutely have to receive. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, "Receive you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Bible says you receive the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says you're gonna, you receive healing. You receive salvation. You receive revelation from God. You receive empowerment. You receive enlightenment. So the first part, 100%, the first part of your relationship with God is your ability to receive to receive, it's so important that you learn to receive. Jesus received the five loaves and the two fish. But at some point, the responsibility, and here's the responsibility piece I want you to land on, I want you with me. The responsibility at some point, we have the responsibility to not only receive, God wants you to move from a receiver to a distributor. 
He wants you to move from a receiver to a transmitter. Now we understand what a receiver is. Some of us have like antennas on our cars or maybe you have a DirecTV satellite on your house. What are those? Those are receivers. And so in order for you to receive your favorite show, to receive your sports packages, to receive your news programming, all of that, you have to have a receiver on the side of your house. But somewhere there's a transmitter that's sending that out to you. In order for you to receive it, it has to first be transmitted. Are you following along with what I'm saying? And so at all of us, while, while we, have, we have to learn to receive, there comes a point that we have to learn also to transmit and to distribute. And this is where our responsibility comes in. Because, because God wants you to move from a receiver to a transmitter. Matter of fact, God wants your church he wants you as a person, your life, to not just receive all the time, but he wants you to, to, to not only receive heavenly revelation, not only receive healing, not only receive salvation, but God wants you to now become a dispenser of those things in the earth. So what God has given you, it's not for you only. He didn't load you up with all of that so that you could just kind of sit there and take it all in and hoard it. That's not why he gave it to you. He gave it to you so that you could receive it, but also so that you could learn to dispense it. We're not just consumers, we're contributors. Are you hearing me today? Jesus said it like this. He said, freely you have received, freely give. I'll say it again. Jesus said, freely you received, now freely give. Give, freely give. What was he saying? He was saying, I want you to move from just a receiver to a transmitter. And so when people say, you know what, I'm just not getting fed anymore, it's because they stopped, they, 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 they've stopped at just receiving. And so their, 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 their life has become about what they can get and what they can take away and all these things, which is good, we gotta learn to receive. But let me tell you something, if you just get stopped up there, you'll dry up. You, you'll grow stagnant. What, what, what does God want for you? Maybe you say, Pastor Adam, what's God's will for my life? Let me tell you something. God's will is that you get everything that he has for you, that you receive everything from God that he has for you, and then that, that transitions into you being able to distribute that to others. So you get planted in the house of, the God, uh, house of God, and you begin to, begin to grow, and you begin to flourish naturally, not by what you're doing, but because of who you are. From your being, you begin to produce fruit. You begin, you begin to produce fruit, and that fruit is available to bless others. Come on, it's, it's, it's there to help others. Once I've received, it's not just for me alone. Now I have a responsibility to be a transmitter. So Jesus said, bring the five loaves and bring the two fish. He knew what he was gonna do. He, he knew what was gonna happen there. He says, but he was trying to show his disciples, hey, when I'm not here, this is what you gotta learn to do. Listen, it's not gonna be about me. And that's why at this church, we don't value a particular gift, particular talent. That's not, we value every person. Everybody's important in God's plan. And the only way we can, we can fulfill what God's called us to fulfill is for all of us to take upon ourselves the responsibility to not just come in and consume, but to say, you know what? I wanna be a contributor. I wanna be a contributor. I, I wanna be someone who knows how to receive but, but refuses to stay there. Instead, I wanna be someone who understands that, that I have a responsibility to transmit honor. 
I, I have the responsibility to show honor, to take the lower position, to serve, not just to expect to, to be served all the time, but to find myself in a position where I can serve others. I have a responsibility to, to not just uh, receive the blessings from God and just consume the blessings of God, but I have a responsibility to be generous with those things. So I, I make a decision. It's my responsibility to be generous with my time and my talent and my treasure. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna offer it back to God. I'm gonna be generous with those things. I have a responsibility to stand up and to speak out. I wanna stand out. I wanna be the light of the world. Jesus called me to be the light of the world. It's not just for me. What he's done inside of me is not just for me. It's meant to, to provide light to others. And so I'll stand out and I'll speak up. I'll do anything short of sin to reach people that are far from Christ. Jesus' last words are gonna be my first priority. And so at this church, we're gonna be opportunistic and we're gonna be creative in the way that we reach people. We're gonna be bold because that's what God's called us to be able to stand out and speak up. I have a responsibility to be a person of honor, a person that's generous, and a person that, that will reach others that are far from Christ. So God, we thank you today. We thank you today that the call that you've put on inside of each of us is to be fruitful and multiply, to be fruitful and multiply, and so grateful today that we've come into the house and we've been able to receive salvation. We've been planted in the house of the Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we, can, we begin to understand the purposes of God for our life. And we understand who we are in Christ. And we begin to value the other people. And we thank you, Lord, you put inside of us faith. And you've given us vision to focus on. And, and Lord, you, you've, you've allowed us to begin to move toward what, you, what you've called us to do. But we recognize that out of these things... Lord, becomes a responsibility to be fruitful. Lord, that from who we are, not what we do, but from who we are, from the essence of our being, Lord, we recognize fruit will begin to evolve inside of us, Lord. That we'll begin to be able to be generous with what you've blessed us with, Lord. That we'll begin to serve others, Lord. And, and we begin to serve with, with a spirit of humility, Lord. We recognize, Lord, that, that naturally a light will begin to emanate from us, that we're the light of the world. So we'll stand out and we'll speak up when any, whenever any anyone wants to know what's happened in our lives, we'll speak up and tell of the marvelous works of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's our responsibility. Lord, we, we take that on. We're, we're, we're not just going to be a receiver, but we're also going to transmit. We're going we're gonna to be a distributor, not just a consumer. We're going to be a contributor in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's our responsibility. In Jesus' name. Right now, all of this room, maybe God spoke to you today in one, of, in one or more of these areas. God began to impress something inside of you. Maybe you say, you know what, that's me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to, I'm gonna begin to take, on, take upon this responsibility. That's you. Maybe just lift your hands all over this room. You say, you know what, I'm taking serious my responsibility. Come on, come on. Some of your hands right there, right there, right there. Come on, others right there and right there. Come on, you say, that's me. I'm going to take serious my responsibility. Thank you right there and right there. Back there in the back. Thank you for that. Maybe there's others. He said, that's me. I'm going to take seriously the responsibility. I'm going to be a person of honor. I'm going to be a generous person. I'm going to stand out. I'm going to speak up. Come on, that's you. Let me see your hand all over this room. I'm all over this room right there. Thank you for that one. I'm right there, right there. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's stand to our feet all over this room. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's, let's just seal this in a time of worship to the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.